Well, guys, we are back in the saddle. Slinging Stones podcast brought to you by The Thrive Ministry. It's 2024. It is a new year, and we are super excited about everything going on. We are sorry about the little bit of a delay that we had in getting a new show this year, but it's been busy. It's been it's been hectic. But if you if you wanted, you know, some more Slinging Stones or some more Thrive, you could have just listened to the Piper Peach last Saturday. Yeah, we you could have been there. I mean, it, it you just you know rocking and rolling but um guys we are just truly blessed we uh we've had a lot going on we've got a lot coming up um and just we are jacked up so uh i guess let's get started so last sunday night liberty hill baptist church was on fire lance ingram brought it it was extremely fun the conversations afterward we're fun. We met some really, really cool guys. We saw multiple churches represented in one building, multiple churches of men from these churches, not worried about four walls, not worried about, you know, boundaries or guidelines. They were there for one thing, and that was to glorify God. Um, and it was awesome. Lance did a great job. Uh, the man church did an awesome job. Uh, super grateful we got a chance to just hang out and spend time. Um and man, we just we met some really cool people, and we're super excited about everything they've got going on down there. Uh, Lance's brother Matt is a ball of energy. <clears throat> he is, but he could not figure out the payment thing. No, he couldn't. He was struggling with that, but I'm thinking that maybe because he's trying to embezzle. <laughs> so, Lance, if you listen to this, yeah, well, check your bank. Well, account. <laughs> well, we should probably be checking our bank account because I think he swiped my card like 25 times. Well, that's you know, no, but I checked it. Cash it, is we're, king. We're son. good. Cash is king. <laughs> um. I will tell you this, though, exciting news. So as of right now, I'm not going to say the date just yet, but in February, Lance Ingram, um, he's written the Warrior um, book, which is a Bible study uh, for men. He's written the Warriors United book, which is 42 uh, stories from different men, 42 um, testimonies and, and, and subject matters that are made for men, Christian men. And then he has also written Foundations 365, uh, which is a devotional for families with their children. Um, and he's also one of the speakers of the man church and the founder of warrior United. He's going to be on our podcast in yeah. February. So it's going to be somewhere around mid February. The, the date is tentative right now. It's set, but there could be some changes. So, but before that, we've got an even more exciting guest, not even more exciting guest, but we have a guest that we're pretty pumped about. Um, it almost, almost every like every time we listen to him, you just agree more and more. Like he's oh, he he's, he's makes, us. He's, he's us. one of those guys that makes me go ooh ooh. ooh. He, he's straight up me and you. Because um, I called you the other day and I was like, dude, he said it, and you're like, what are you talking about? I was like, he said he can't stand the word resolution, their goals, and yeah. that is exactly me and my train of thoughts. <laughs> Not to mention, he is a hulk of a dude. Oh yeah, yeah. You can, um, he, you can tell he, he doesn't miss leg day or arm day. Yeah, so... Um, He's a big dude. January 26th, we are going to have the blessing and the honor of having uh, Pastor Micah Harp on from uh, Christian Warriors Church out of Texas. Uh, we've been listening to him. He has been listening to us. Um, it's been a relationship that has been cultivated and uh, has been intentional with Luke. Luke has been kind of spearheading that uh, and it's been a lot of fun. Luke's been telling me some great things. See, um, I do do something. You did something. So, Luke, and and you know what? Let me go ahead and let me oh, go. Oh, these headphones oh, that I'm oh, wearing. Oh, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. So, Luke has get bought two just unbelievable headphones. I mean, just straight up. They're not even Cadillacs, dude. These these are Mercedes. These, but they may be they, Ferraris. These are C-Class. They may be Ferraris. I don't know. There were some more expensive ones. <laughs> but Luke's wearing... But Luke's wearing wearing one pair of headphones. The other pair has not left my truck yet. I will tell you this: these are warm. They are they? Yes, you will have sweaty ears. They they there there's no no lack in insulation. I don't know how I feel about sweaty ears. There's no lack of insulation. <laughs> so, I mean, if um, if, we, if I had a rotisserie chicken, I could shove it up in there and it'd be done and just. Like, <laughs> so, so uh, look, be looking out. End of January, we're going to have Pastor Micah Pastor. Micah Harp on them. Um, and then in February, we'll have Lance Ingram. Um, other things coming up is the Survival Conference at South Shelby Baptist Church. That is February 24th. 
um, starting at five, going through whatever time the Spirit's going to lead, uh, how it leads. There's food. Go on SouthShelbyBaptist.com. Sign up. It's free. It's our men's event, uh, The Bear Man, Jim Van, Van Stinghouse. There, you nailed it. Is that it? it? Yeah. Oh, man. He's our key speaker. He's the main speaker of the night. South Shelby Worship's going to be throwing down some pretty good music. They, they're they a pretty talented group right there. Yeah. Um, and then beforehand, you know, the first the first speaker is Grayson Littleton. He throws down just as well as anybody. He you know, knows Grayson is a, is a celebrity in Columbia. Oh, he's always been a celebrity. Dude, when I was handing out flyers over the last couple of days, everybody's like, oh, is well, that it's, Grayson? It's, it's a legacy deal. It's like, you know, Brad and then Grayson. No, Brad never got mentioned. Oh. It was Grayson. <laughs> so, well, except for when I went by the gym. Oh, yeah. When I went by the gym, I said, like, oh, yeah, that's Brad's son. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, y'all know Brad. Yeah, because he's a beast. Yeah. Um, so that's going to be a lot of fun coming up. Um, if you get a chance, come come and make it and be there. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of um a lot of a lot of men gathering together to worship and praise and glorify God. There's going to be some door prizes. There's free food, so it's just an all around cool event. Um, this is number two, second second annual. Can you is that what it is? Yes. Or is it first annual? The second. Second annual. Yes. Okay. Second one. Last well, I, year was the first. Okay. I'm sorry. My bad. Yeah. And last year was senior. This is junior. Okay. So um, let's see what else. Uh, I, I don't know when you're going to listen to this, but uh. Saturday, the 13th of January, Luke and I will be back on Piper Peach. Uh, with uh, That would be tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow, two-hour time slot. So so you have less than a 12-hour notice yeah, here. Download that app. Guys, I cannot say it enough. The app is cool. It's it's playing a roundabout. It's playing Christian music throughout the day. But you've got great shows on there. Um, you've got, you know, uh, The Morning Nugget. And then, you know, our buddy, uh, Justin Taylor, has got surrendered and – that's a lot of fun. It's it's fun. We've been on that show. Oh, I've been on the show twice. You've been on once. But show up. tomorrow we'll get a chance to just get two hours. This is not a normal thing. Let me go ahead and put this down. This is not where Thrive's going. This is not what Slinging Stones is going to. Um, we're just filling in a gap. And You say that like God can't step in and go, hey, man. I understand that. I understand that. But me, Andy decisions right now, this is so. Oh, so um, you're saying you're not going to do what the Lord tells you to do? No, if he tells me, I'll go. Oh, okay. Um, but uh, I'm have to arrange it, it's, it's going to be a lot. Huh? I'm going to have to arrange that. It's um, it's going to be a lot of fun. We're we're super excited about going on there. Uh, we really enjoy going on there every time. But um, is there anything else I'm missing? Yeah, you know, if you live here in the deep south over the next few days. Ready for some cold. Man, you, you better just go on and get your bread and your milk and your eggs. I did. They're I talking did about Costco. They're talking about the white stuff. I did a Costco thing. You know, I'm not today. so much worried about the snow, but you can't drive on ice. And, yeah, you know, they're talking true. about a tenth of an inch of an ice that may lay around for three days. So my advice, okay, look, here's my advice if we ever get ever get more ice in Alabama on the roads. Mm -hmm. Having lived in Tennessee for 25 years, I can tell you this. One, you can't drive on it. There's no driving on ice. I don't care what kind of tires you got or how big your four-wheel drive is. You're not going to drive on the ice. So go ahead and park your car in the ditch in advance. Just pick out your spot, <laughs> beat the rush, drive that bad boy right on into the ditch, call your favorite tow truck and tell them you're there waiting. <laughs> Get that out of the way. Um. Yeah, so I kind of hope that we don't get that because I don't, I don't care for that. Um, I don't like any of it. So, but luckily, you know, by the grace of God, we 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 were able to avoid some storms today. Oh that, were, that they were thinking was going to be horrible, but kids got a free day out of school. Kids got a free day, but um, so uh, this year, so twenty twenty four, um, you know, we're we're rocking and rolling. We're ready to um to move into, you know, whatever God's got leading for us, but we're going to continue into Romans. That's what we're about to start into now. We're in did chat. You, did you mention the cultivate thing coming up? Oh yeah. Well, I'm not, not, thank you. See, you did, you did another thing, another man. Thing. You are racking up some points gonna, right now. I'm going to like put something on the you wall. You need a tally. You need a tally board. That's right. Like gold stars. I'll come in and they're all be gone. <laughs> You'll say cooperate them. Um, so February 12th is cultivate men. Uh, it, they do three of these a year, and man, if you want to have a good time with a bunch of guys that are just down home and fun to be around, that is a great time. The pastors, the pastors, the, Brandon, the pastors, Brandon, they are super cool guys. Um, it's a lot of fun. 
Um, our buddy Sanchez will be there and all that. Oh, while we're speaking of Sanchez, you go ahead and kind of do this. Um, so some point in March, uh, be looking out on the social media. Um, God did it. Ministries is going to rebrand and relaunch a new brand. Um, I, I, I can tell you we're, I sit on the board for it, but the, the, the purpose and the, and the, and the vision is for stroke awareness and stroke prevention, um, ministry. So this will entail a, a, a lot of education on what, uh, strokes are, what the signs are, how to, um, implement an action plan if someone is having a stroke. And it is very dear to, to, you know, Sanchez because he is a stroke survivor, um, you know, at a very young age, and he has overcome a lot by, you know, by his faith in God. He has overcome a lot of stuff to become an author of two books and a uh, a recording artist, a a singing gospel recording artist. But it's also dear to my heart because my mother uh, has had several strokes. My grandfather had a couple, so um, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a fun uh, launch. Just be ready for it. Uh, we have got a awesome um event or awesome day coming up may 11th uh at the city of alabaster um the city of alabaster is going to dedicate may 11th as stroke awareness day um and that was sanchez pushing that um pushing that day to be uh placed because may is stroke awareness month so um super cool a lot of things coming up with that um just be on the lookout sanchez has got some stuff coming up god did it's got stuff coming on and uh, super excited for him, proud of him for taking this leap because it's not easy rebranding an entire ministry that's been going on. So a lot of fun there. Well, you know, we also, we, we wouldn't be doing, again, because of where we live geographically, we got to check on a certain group of people to make sure they're okay. Group. After what happened yesterday. Oh, well. You know. They hired a coach. I mean, that was today, but, you know, they had one retire yesterday. No, that was Wednesday. Whatever. They're fine. I just, you know, they were crying, and I was walking around singing "Tra La La, Tra La La." The Wicked Witch is dead. <laughs> I don't, uh, I, you know, it's, no, he had a fantastic run. It's interesting. Um, it's interesting. Um, just, just in the whole playing of it, and and it's funny because the, I, have I have I told the story on air about I when I went and visited my cousin's church in Tuscaloosa? No. So we're sitting there. We, my cousin, uh, pastors a, a, a big church right next to Bryant Denny Stadium, right next to the stadium. The graveyard's there, and you, you, I mean, you could see the stadium. I mean, it's right in shadows, you know, all that. So, um, and we go, me and my wife, we go because my cousin had moved back from New York. He had launched a church up there and been up there for about 10 years. So, we're like, let's go see Will, let's go hang out with him, um, and see him preach because I've never really, I've never seen him preach, and you know, got to check them out we sit down and the first service is organs pipe organs choir i mean it's old school hymnals and all that so we're sitting there and man they got two little um what do you call the the little seats up there like the balcony yeah the balcony they had two little balconies the up nosebleeds there. no 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 no. these are say stage right stage left these oh, were right okay. there so i look up and man i'm like looking and i'm like dude that that looks like nick saban and i tapped jennifer said who does that look like she's like that looks like Nick Saban. So after after service, I, I I tapped Will and I said, "Who was that?" He goes, "That was not Nick Saban." <laughs> I said, "I said okay," because it looked just like him. He goes, "He gets that all the time." That was Coach Saban's body double. So, but he did say Saban. He like they had the football team at the church, uh, and and Will preached a message, and he said Saban walked up and shook his hand, and said, "Good job." And my, my cousin, my cousin graduated from Auburn. And he leaned down and looked to right to Seb and said, you don't say that often, do you? <laughs> so, but, uh, you know, no, I don't – I probably should have thought more about it, but Saban's Catholic, so he, why would he be in a Baptist church? Um, yeah, yeah, so – That's all I've got to say about that. <laughs> that's all that. I got to say about that. Um, and wouldn't you know, after seven years of college, they gave me a degree. That's right. So, um, but, uh, but, no, I mean, Alabama fans, look, if you put your faith in God – you won't have to worry about who your coach is. That's right. Um, because it becomes minuscule and not important. That's right. 17 years and 143 national championships. That's how many they won? 
That's just under Saban. Oh, my goodness gracious. That's good. 143. Pretty impressive. In 17 years. It's pretty impressive. Has the new coach won any yet? As a matter of fact, he just choked. <laughs> okay. He just got so. hand, he just got it handed to him by uh, <clears throat> Michigan. Uh, well, I didn't watch any the of Washington so. coach is who they hired. Um, well, I did know that, but but yeah. Uh, so, well, let's moving get, right along. Let's get started. We're going to get back into Romans. Romans chapter <clears throat> eight, verse eight. Um, we'll go eight through eleven. I guess. Does that sound good? Sounds good. All right, so here we go. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Well, just hits right off the bat, don't it? I mean, let's just go kick in the door. It says, verse 9, You, however, are not in the flesh but in the Spirit. If, in fact, the Spirit of God dwells in you, anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the Spirit is life because of righteousness. Verse 11, if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Jesus or Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. So I almost I almost think Paul right here is almost encouraging a little bit in verse 9 when he says you're not in the flesh, but in the spirit, he's telling the church to be confident in their, in their faith, in their salvation. Um, and you know, you see Paul repeating this, you know, if you're in the flesh, you're not with him. If you're, if you're in the spirit, you're with him. And it just, you know, you see him almost repeating this over and over again, because it's important to know that if you are in the flesh, if you're living a worldly life, you're not with Christ. Because you're not set up, you're not changed. You should you should be changed. There should be a difference. There should be a different pattern in your lifestyle from when your salvation happens. It should not be salvation back to the same thing you were doing. There should be a trigger that should change you, and the Holy Spirit should should enable and force almost force you to change and become in the spirit. See, I, I looked at it at an entirely different angle. Right. As a matter of fact, I looked at it as opposite from you. I, I didn't look at it as encouragement. I looked at it as he was scolding him of, of going, hey, why are you still acting like this? You're not that way anymore. Yeah. You need to stop it. That, that That's, you know, but it, I can see where it would be either way. That's an interesting view of it. Well, I mean, you know, to me, you look around and you see, let's just, Take the time of year in. What we're at? What's today? The t- today's the eleventh. Eleventh. Do we do we understand that in in ten to fourteen days, people will give up on a simple task or a simple goal and a simple habit they try to instill in their lives. We're that quickly, that easily distracted, dis- deterred, and discouraged from simple habit forming things in our life. And yet we somehow, we somehow, we put salvation into this same category. Oh, three weeks. Oh yeah. I'm saved, but you, you're, you're back to acting the way you were. You should, it should not be a thing. Quit taking the level of importance, quit taking it down to something simple, you know, and, and, and a lot of people don't, churches probably don't do a service to it as much. Pastors don't. And us as disciples and disciple makers don't. When do, have you ever seen someone actually sit down during a salvation conversation, this conversation where the acceptance of Christ as your Lord is happening and, and just absolutely just embrace the severity of it, the severity of what, changes what needs to change what has to change what will change in that person's life and if it doesn't change where you're still going to go because where you really saved to begin with i have seen and and i've seen in my own life here again with, with pops you know when, when when he got saved there was an immediate immediate difference 
there was no there was no questioning if you knew him before to what he had become in a matter of hours. <coughs> like I talked to him that morning and he was one way. And then I got to his house a couple hours later and he was a different guy. Yeah. You know, I've seen that. But I've also seen people that develop an equally powerful testimony that their pendulum swung wildly. Um, I'm one of those people that mine swung wildly. And I almost cringe when the little Facebook memories pop up because mine goes back about 15 years on Facebook. Mm. And what it's done has given me a snapshot of where I was spiritually over those 15 years because my posts reflected where I was. Yeah. Some, you know, in, in a span of four or five years, I went from on fire to you couldn't tell that there was anything godly about me. And, you know, and then I, I think back on where I was in my seasons of life and how I let the world influence me and how easy I was to give up. But I also, I can honestly say, I had people that, that never gave up on me. But I never really had anybody that would grab me by the collar and say, hey, look, you're screwing up. But I have those people now. Yeah, That makes it easier to stay on the straight and narrow yeah. than if I were, quote, doing my own thing. You know, when, when, when you get people that say that, you know, I went to church and I got saved, but we really don't. We really don't get along with any churches around here, so we just do our own thing. You watch. You watch those families. I have not personally ever encountered, and I've got somebody in my own personal circle of people that, you know, and we've talked about it, that yeah. do their own thing. Well, they'll praise Jesus, praise the Lord, you know, every once in a while on Facebook. And they'll ask for prayer, and they'll put the praying hands up. But at the same time they're putting those praying hands up, they're gathered around a bonfire on a Saturday night getting slammed, not even thinking about going to church. So, you know, it, it's just, I think the devil wants us to think, he wants people to think that they're saved so they won't get saved. If you think that you're already good, why are you going to reinvest? Well, there's a whole lot of self-righteousness out there that, that people think, oh, well, I'm saved, but somehow you, you, you still think you, your priorities, your flesh is more important than God. You know, we walk through life <clears throat> in our daily walks that we've got to have this, we've got to have that, we've got to have this in our day, we've got to have that in our day. And, you know, it's, it's, we talked about this the other day. It's the, um, you know, we were talking about secular music in our life. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things that is that is detrimental to us and our walk and our example and our our, our disciple making uh, ability is what we do. Do we still involve secular things in our life that ultimately still still we don't think about it, but it 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 still enables and and reacts us it, or reacts to us and with us. It 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 causes us to continue to have negative thoughts or worldly thoughts. Um, whether if it's say you have a favorite show and it's full of nothing but lust and nudity and, and, and pornographic material, it's going to trigger the flesh to want more. It's going to trigger you to want something different, to look at something more. Well, let me ask you this. Let's just say that Sunday morning we have somebody come to church Mm -hmm. that, and this is completely hypothetical because we, I don't think there's anybody like this in either one of our lives, but somebody that you and I both mutually know and maybe a couple of the other guys know that are just wild as a buck. They were at the bar last night chasing women ch- and doing shots, you know, just banging it out, but something got a hold of them and they decided to come to church. And the Holy Spirit convicts them. They come give their lives to Christ. Now, if we go to their house midweek, and they're throwing back a beer. Are we going to jump on them with both no, feet? No, you, but no, here's what the church does. <clears throat> the The church as a whole has especially, and I hate to say this, but 
especially some of our older incumbents, mm-hmm. stiff neck, wear a suit and tie to church <laughs> kind of people. Well, he wasn't ever saved to begin with. That's the first thing that they will say when somebody falls off. But I I put the blame on that, on us. We, because we don't come alongside them. And we say, hey, have look. to not only come alongside them, build them back up. Yes. The, the Bible tells us, Paul the, gives no, instructions on what to do no, when somebody slips no, and falls. No, you're exactly right. And what I'm saying is not a trigger that's going to switch completely from dark to light. Right. Now, it is going to switch. But the thing is, is we have to, we have to, it's sanctification. It's, it's, there's, there's clickety clack Rocky down the hall. Um, it's sanctification. Well, there would be no sanctification if it was straight, just a 180 turn and done. Yeah. I wish there would it be was no sanctification. Easy. I wish it was that easy. But if it was that easy, entirely sanctified, we'd be dead in the, at the moment. We'd that's be right. dead right in the moment that's and be, right. be just entirely sanctified. But that's the thing. If there was free, if there wasn't free will, that possibly could be, but there's free will. So we have to be freely willing to submit to Christ in everything we do after salvation. You like what I did there? Play yeah. on words. But you, you still, you get people that are completely unchurched that don't <coughs> understand that. They, they have no grasp of that. They have no knowledge of what it takes to follow Christ. All they know is what they've heard, what they've been told, and that the Holy Spirit did something to them. Yeah. They still have to be trained. You still and and I heard a pastor, a buddy of mine who was a pastor and a coach, he said, I'm gonna put this in coaching terms, but you gotta coach the hell out of them. Yeah. I mean you really do because well, you're not gonna you're not gonna train a dog that bites to stop biting just by smacking him on the well, snout and I saying, think, stop. I, I think I heard, I think I heard, I think it was Rick Burgess, um, just one of his, I think it was one of the Bible studies here recently, and I was listening to it on it was a podcast. You know, they have the be a man, follow Jesus. That's yeah. the man church's yeah. kind of thing. And he said, you know, that's great and all, but that's not it. He oh, goes, no, so much he, goes he goes, he goes, he goes, David told Solomon exactly what it is. Be a man, obey God. Yeah. Obey God. If we are completely disobedient to God from salvation on to our death, what have we done? We we've done we, there's been nothing changed about right. us. Nothing at all. Obedience means picking up his word. Obedience means listening and learning and just um <clears throat> embracing his word and then and then obedience is is talking to him, uh, constantly communicating with him through prayer. Uh, obedience is going and, and, and being with others, not forsaking the assembly and, and making disciples and being disciples and learning and growing and mentoring and all these different things. That's all you. That was there. all me. I kicked the table. But, but that's the thing, though. Obedience, we, we just somehow forget that word. And you know, we talk. What was was it? Me, you, and it was me, you, and someone else talking about what do we call ourselves? Like the Christians, the followers, the believers. Oh, yeah, yeah, what yeah, what yeah. do we call ourselves? <clears throat> it was Justin. Wasn't it? I'm gonna. I'm, I'm yeah, gonna. Justin. I mean, could we say I'm an obedient follower of Jesus Christ? I but are we? That, I would say that I'm just doing the best I can do, man. But I tell you what, though, if we're if we're eighty percent obedient, that's great. But we should still be striving for striving for for hundred. But you know, God never intended for us to do this alone. Absolutely not, not once. You can go all the way back to the Garden of Eden and prove that. That's why we lean on Him. That's right. Well, I mean, if God hadn't intended us to do this alone, He would have never gave Eve to Adam. Um, that was all you, by the way. That was a crack of a water <clears throat> bottle. Um, but, you know, and, and I'm glad you brought out not forsaking the assembly of the saints. And that's why I said that it's when someone comes to know Christ who is completely unchurched, it's our fault when they stumble and don't get back up. Mm. We should expect them to stumble. Well, you know, how many, I, I've raised a whole bunch of kids. You've raised a whole bunch of kids. When they first start walking, we expect them to fall. Yeah. But we also encourage them. It's, you're all right. Yep. Get up. Dust yourself off. And you encourage them to walk more. Yep. That's the exact way we need to view Christians who are new in Christ at but any age. What we do, what we do though, is we put a statistic on our board because we got another person we've dipped in water. That's right. We throw them a Bible and we say, Good welcome, to, welcome to the family. Good luck. 
That's here's so. Some, here's some chicken and a certificate. Good luck, dude. There's. I mean, I, I I can only imagine God and Jesus up there shaking their head, going, "This is not what we uh, meant." You're missing the bar. What are y'all doing down there? And then, well, you know, and the bad thing is, here's 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 how far off we've gotten. Pastors are doing it. Yeah. Not us, not not we are in the congregation, but the ones that should be shepherding the flock of the church inside the four walls, they are the biggest culprits of doing that. Well, let me ask you this. If you're sitting in a church Sunday morning and you realize that okay, uh, let me let me let me just change it completely. I'm gonna make it more personal. If me and you were sitting in church Sunday morning and we looked around us and we realized that I'm going to go out on a limb and I say we're relatively mature Christians. We know what we believe. We know mm-hmm. why we believe it. We know how to back up what we believe. We're both completely changed from what we were. Yeah. You know, we. I, I think that both of us bear fruit. Sometimes mine's good and sometimes it's kind of rotten. But <laughs> I have again, I have friends around me that come by and prune those rotten fruits off to keep yeah. it from infecting the tree. Yeah. Um, that's a that that's a sign of a spiritually mature person. So we see someone that it doesn't matter how long they've been saved, 10 days or 20 years, but we see them stagnant, not producing fruit. But we, we're relatively sure that they are saved because we do see some fruit. Whose fault is it that you and me, Andy and Luke, don't get together and say, hey, look, Timothy's sitting over there. It's time to pull up. And that's what I love about this thing that we're doing with the guys we're doing it with in the Paul and Timothy effect is that, and I'm not saying this, that we did it. The Holy Spirit showed us three men that wanted to grow that are going to help you and I grow. Yeah. And together we're going to grow together and, and make something to where not, you know, we're inspecting one another's fruit. They inspect our fruit, but we scrutinize theirs. Mm Mm-hmm. And in turn, we're training them how to do the same thing. So who's at more fault? The men in the church who are spiritually mature and doing nothing. They do nothing with it. They don't even disciple the men in their own home. Who's more at fault, yeah, them or the preacher? That's, that's, <clears throat> that's the problem. If you've been in the church and a Christian for 20 years and you still sit in the same seat and you don't do anything, you haven't done anything, are you, are you on the milk or the meat? Exactly. You're probably still on the milk. That's what I'm saying. Who, who's more at fault? <clears throat> who's more at fault? I mean, why wouldn't you want to, the greatest gift we've ever received, the greatest gift of Jesus giving himself, giving himself up, God sending his son, giving his son up for us in a, 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 a path to salvation, defeating the death, defeating death with rising from the, from the grave. We've been given the greatest gift Yet we don't want to even share that gift with anybody. That's ridiculous. That's shut in. That's that's ignorant to think that. Oh well, I, I just I just don't I just don't see the opportunities. No, they're all around you, brother. That all is the around that you. is the enemy's whisper that yeah. you're just fine. And yep. that is complacency. And the first verse that re- we read here, you're in the flesh. If if we if we're doing that, we're in the flesh. Those who are in the flesh cannot Can, you please God. You can't make him happy. Yep. He's sitting back shaking his head at you in discontent going, what are you doing? Yep. What are you doing? I've, I've given you the gift. I've given you the knowledge. I've given you the written word. You have the ability to hear the spoken word. We can hear the spoken word now, Andy, more than at any point in history can oh, yeah. we surround Absolutely. ourselves with the spoken Absolutely. word. Absolutely. Before, before the internet... We got it on Sunday. We got it on Wednesday. We occasionally got some midnight televangelist asking us for and 50 bucks. And you could order it for, on tape. <laughs> yeah. Or, or you could order Oral Roberts on tape. Yeah. Now you can stream good, sound, solid doctrine 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You can read the Bible and not ever have to flip a page you going know, and, down the and road. Then, and then you have people, you know, you have people to make the statements. Well, yep. I read the Bible in a year. Yeah, but did you ingest it? How much of it did you did you, did you ingest it? Did you did you consume it? I would did rather you, did did you consume it to the point that it was nutritious to you and your spiritual health? I would rather do it like you did and take Psalms and go through Psalms in a year. 
I mean, yeah, I mean, that's, immerse yourself in a book of you, the Bible. You've got to, if you think that reading the book in chronological order or reading every book of the Bible in a year is a great feat, good for you. It's a great feat. Please tell me what you gained from it. Well, you know, just when talking about the immersion factor of it and how much there is to unpack, we're going through Romans. We're almost two years, two years into yeah. it and midway through chapter eight. And, you know, I, I, compared to another pastor who went through Romans in England, and I, we've talked about him before, um, and we've called his name. The Martin Lloyd-Jones? 17 years yeah. to go through Romans. Yeah. And he said that he could go back and do it again. You know, you know, I mean, that's the thing, though. Like, we want to go, you know, there's – we have people that, that they, they go, oh, well, you know what? And they choose probably the hardest books to go through. Well, I'm going to go through Revelation or Isaiah. What are you doing? Yeah, Romans was one of the more impactful books for a lot of people. It's like we told our guys, guys, pick a gospel. Pick a gospel and go through Jesus' ministry. That is, that, that is the of the utmost importance to see Jesus and see his ministry and see that. That is important. That is incredibly important. And then you can start diving off into other things. You know, once you go through a gospel, go through another gospel, go through the four gospels, and then turn around and hit Genesis. Hit Genesis. Genesis is a great book. Don't ever start with Revelation. No. Because you don't ever need to know how it ends without knowing how it began. That's right. Go to how it began. Go to how our brilliant, our great, our wonderful God created this thing that we live on, this round ball we live on, and how it started, how everything started. Now, I, I want to, I tell you what, we're going to keep going because 12 through 17 is going to just spark easily another, easily 20 to 30 minute conversation. So here we go. You ready? We're going to go off into that. Oh my goodness. Heirs with Christ. So then brothers, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. There it is again. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God, little s sons. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. That's a big one. We'll put a, put a check mark on that one. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and follow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified. I want to start real quick. To be a Christian does not mean that it's hunky-dory and it's flat and great and beautiful. We are going to suffer because our flesh wants us to do things that are against God. And when we do things that are against our flesh, our flesh is going to our flesh is going to impose what we call suffering. That we are going to suffer. We are going to have to we are going to have to eliminate things from our life that our flesh tells us are good. We're going to have to take away things from our from our mind, from our sight, from our hearing, from our mouth, from our nose, the senses that our flesh is telling us is great and wonderful, but they are not pleasing to God. They are not pleasing to the spirit that we are saved by. You have to understand. You have to understand. It is of the utmost importance that if you're saved, your flesh is going to try to get you to do things that are against God, that are not pleasing to God. Same thing we just said over there in verse 8. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. So guess what? That flesh is going to fight. That spiritual warfare of flesh and spirit are going to fight. And when we don't want to do things of the flesh, we are going to, we are going to be thinking and we're going to be pulled into the train of thought of we are going to suffer. It is suffering. It is trials. It is tribulation, right? Well, if your flesh is not in direct opposition with your spirit, they're probably headed down the same path. And that's seldom a good path because you can't you can't get the flesh into heaven. Yep, flesh ain't going. Um, and and, and the death here that we're talking about, the body's gonna die. <coughs> uh, the spirit can die and is born dead. Yep, but your soul's not gonna die. And Unfortunately, it's gonna be the one bound for heaven or the lake of fire. But I lo I love I love what it says in verse fifteen. 
it says, you, for you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. That's, that's the flesh. That's, that's yeah. the opposite. But it, then here it goes. But you have received the spirit of adoption. As soon as you're saved, you're adopted into the kingdom. You're adopted as, as an heir. You know, I'm an adopted kid. Yeah. I'm a product of adoption. And I can tell you that adoption gets a bad rap when it comes to death. The adopted kid usually gets kicked kicked around pretty bad. But fortunately, with God, he doesn't see it that way. You know, God doesn't see us any less of an heir than than Jesus was. It says that we're co-heirs with Jesus now. Equal to, but created differently. Just like men and women were equal to, but created for different purposes. Does that mean that we're high and mighty like Jesus? Absolutely not. Different purposes. But in God's eyes, when he says that we're adopted, if Jesus is his son, let's look at it from a family aspect. Jesus is his son. He adopts us in. We are equal to, in God's eyes of love and grace and mercy, as Jesus. So when we walk around saying, well, you know, I'm just a sinner. I'm just a dirty old sinner. What a slap in the face that is to God. Yeah. We put yourself back in an old life. No, we were. We were sinners. But now we're heirs to the throne. That almost goes back to the saying of the big man upstairs. Yeah. Really? He's my father. He's you call our, him the big man upstairs, but I call him father. He's a king. He's our king. You know, he's our creator. He's, he's the guy that I get to go to and say, hey, man, this problem is way bigger than but, me. You know, I, I sit back and, and, and I, I fear for, and I hate it for a lot of people that, that, that just, they don't get, they don't get the, the importance or they don't get the um, they don't somebody does not give them or spend time or designate or is intentional with the knowledge of what they are now when they're saved. No, they don't. They don't. And you know where that comes from? It comes from behind the pulpit. Well, and but, we are very fortunate well, that we have a pastor in our church, in Pastor David. Uh, that tells us you're wrong. You yeah. are a child of God. Well, stop diminishing. And, and that's that. that's what I'm saying. You know, we have too many pastors that just push them off, make a number, and be done with it. Now, that's also not so much the past. It is the pastor's fault, but it's also the people around them's fault too. The the congregation. So let's put it this way. So. If we're if you're teaching a Sunday school class, if you're teaching a Sunday school class and you've got fifteen to twenty people in there, and someone new comes in, <clears throat> you know, someone new always gets the attention, right? Yep. Someone new always gets the attention, which is great. You should surround that person with love so they don't feel awkward or out of place or alone and unloved, all that stuff. You want them to feel secure, safe, and encouraged. So that person's a non-believer. They step off into a Bible basics class, a Bible basics class, or maybe just a little step up. Maybe it's um, an epistles class. Um, you know, they come with a friend. You know, through this class they and through the Sunday service, they're getting filled. They're getting their stuff starting to be revealed to them. Um, and then one Sunday morning and Sunday service, they are compelled and pulled by the Holy Spirit to go to the altar and give their life to Christ. <clears throat> the next Sunday, they walk into um, Sunday school and they're, they're, they're celebrated. So let's just say this is going on for about five weeks. They're celebrated. And then they get baptized the next Sunday. Well, the next Sunday after that, they're celebrated. Oh, congratulations on your baptism, da-da-da-da. <clears throat> We're at a total of what? Month and a half? Yeah. Okay, month and a half. Do we understand? Do we understand it as Christians? By month four, they will be forgotten about. 
how do we go from that? How do we go in that in that type of bipolar atmosphere? How does one feel safe or one feel healthy or one feel encouraged when it is that way? I can give you one word. Expectations. We expect people to just somehow it, know it, what we it, know. But it's also an effect of the society we live in of the new and shiny thing. The yeah. new person. Oh, yeah. Everything's um, disposable. The ADHD society that we live in of, oh, there's a squirrel. Okay. Oh, there's another squirrel. Oh, look, leaf blowing in the wind. It's it's these things right here that we are not focused on. We get so wrapped up in daily life or the friends we know. And I say that with a lot of quotes, with a lot of air quotes. There are a lot of people that surround themselves with friends that, that, that's been their friends for a long time. And all they are is stuck in a spot where either you're that friend that is not growing in Christ or you're the one that's unchristlike and self-righteous or they're that. And we do not have, we don't have the willpower, nor do we have the guts to t- either call that person out or take them out of our group and place someone in there that can add value. Well, unfortunately, the world tells us that I don't have the right to hurt your feelings or offend you and that you don't have the right to hurt my feelings or offend me. Uh, But as long as it's coming from a place of love and truth, it's what we're called to do. Mm. It says to restore people, but to restore them gently. Now, if I come to you or you come, when Greg's story called me out, you know, on some of the junk that I was, and and again, it was nothing nasty. It was nothing (laughs) vulgar. You know, there, there was no hate speech in it, but I was just being very, very, very cold about some of the things that I was posting about uh, how I felt about some of the cities and communities around us with very high crime rates. I was called out by one of the elders in our church. He wasn't even an elder yet. Hmm. And, you know, he tells me right there in front of anybody on that Facebook page, maybe you aren't the man of God that I thought that you were. Did I don't I really just I know he told me that he considered how it was gonna come across and he considered not saying anything, but he also uh, was compelled by the voice of the Holy Spirit to call me out on that. So he weighed out which one was more important. Yeah. Pleasing me or pleasing God. That's what we're talking about here is being pleasing in the eyes of God. So he called me out on it. And in turn, it stunk. Yeah, it stunk. I, I didn't like being called out like that, but he was right. He he was right. And it changed the way that I dealt with social media right then. It changed it. Yeah. Now, 10 years ago, I was still equally Christian, but much, much younger. I was, I was in my infancy. I would have probably took that a different direction. Yeah, <clears throat> absolutely. But because, you know, because Greg knew where I proclaimed to be, how I had professed myself to be, he approached me on a level that he felt that I was mature enough to understand. Saying that, when we get these, when we get these new converts and new Christians and, and pe- people that are even completely unchurched in our church, we have to be able to discern where they are in their walk. Yeah. And it's not that hard to do. No, really. No, somebody right. can boast and say that they're in the word all the time, all they want. But all you really got to do is sit back and listen to how they talk. Yep. Look, watch how they carry them. That's all you got to do. And then you start formulating a plan of how do I need to approach this person? Yeah. And do it just like the Bible says. Hey, look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to them one on one and I'm going to try to I'm going to try to talk some sense into him. If that don't work, I'm going to come back and I'm going to get Andy and then we're going to go talk to mm-hmm. him. And then if that don't work. Then we get the church involved. Well, we get, you know, I don't want to call it, we get overconfident a lot of times as Christians. We get overconfident and arrogant when speaking to others, thinking that we know more, thinking that we, they don't know anything. Yeah, we want to dominate the conversation. And and that's not, that's really not how we're supposed to be. Uh, We're supposed to train people up. We're supposed to train um, you know, part of the, part of the whole, part of the whole, uh, relationship, you know, with a mentoring, a discipling and disciple, you know, be a disciple, make a disciple is to train them up, but, but also teach them in, in love, teach them in, 
and te- guide them in love. Don't guide them in harsh. You can have you can have uncomfortable conversations, but it can be in love. Um, you know, and when we get around, you know, the the one thing that ultimately kind of spurns bad blood is the denominational conversations. And, you know, when we talk to a new convert or someone new to the faith, when we go and bash denominations, you know, is it really, you know, okay, we may not agree with that denomination's full reign of doctrinal or theology, but, you know, if it's, you know, the love of Jesus and, you know, Jesus died for our sins and rose three days later, you know, at, you know, down to the point, down to the basics, that's it. Um, but when you go, you look really foolish when you go and bash a whole denomination, oh, yeah. thinking that you're somehow holier than thou and, 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 and super righteous. Um, and that, that was me. That, that was, was me. That was <laughs> But that's the thing. So, you know, as we as we wrap this up, did you, did you have one more thing? Yeah, I mean, when it comes to denominational stuff, you've heard me say it, and I'll say it again. Um, usually I will, I will just say that I know that not all, any one denomination has got it all right. As much as they like to think that they do, they don't because I, you know, show me a denomination in the Bible. But, but it, it but, does, it doesn't say if you're in the Baptist church, you're, you're in, sure you're, doesn't. you're in the spirit. No, that's no you're I mean. in the spirit. Right. There's the, one. There's one spirit. Yeah. There's, there's one spirit. It's it's not Catholic. It's not. But, it's not Protestant. It's not. It. it you're in the spirit. You're not. So you also <laughs> you also have to be careful that there are false false gospels. Absolutely. There, there any any church that doesn't preach condemnation alongside salvation is a is a false gospel. That is why all people that come to know Jesus so, in front of you should be led correctly because they can be led down the wrong trail so just with, as easy. With that being said, you know, while not any one denomination has it all right, there are a few that have it all wrong. Absolutely. And those and that's why people say, you know, I just I'm not a religious person. Fantastic because I'm not either. Mm. I'm not either. Religion's man made. What we're doing here is God made. Um we want to chase after God. We want to chase after the Holy Spirit. We want to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, and we want to be covered in the blood of Christ. And you know, if this is one of those times where you're sitting here listening to us, and you're realizing that you're not covered in the blood of Christ, and you feel the Holy Spirit calling you, let's take a bath. Let's get covered up. Let's be washed clean. Because the Bible says that if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, that he lived as a man, died on the cross for your sins, and was raised again on the third day, that you na- that you'll be saved. Your name will be written in the Lamb's book of life and that no man can pluck you from his hand. But make no mistake, you can't cold call Jesus. If the Holy Spirit's not dealing with you, you can't go knock on Jesus' door and say, hey, can I come in? But if the Holy Spirit is dealing with you, you'll know. There's no way that you can't know. It'll be like anything you've ever felt before. The voice in your head will be silent to those around you, but deafening to you. Or maybe the, maybe you know Jesus. Maybe you've been a Christian. Maybe you're just maybe you're just not where you need to be in your walk. Maybe you're not pursuing Christ as the man that God called you to be. Maybe you're trying to be the man that you want to be. Well, I'm here to tell you that 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 path leads to destruction. If you are not pursuing being the man that God wants you to be, seeking out His will for your life, you're just a dude. You're just a guy. You're you're that lukewarm Christian that's still on the milk, and maybe it's time to grow some teeth and start tearing off some chunks of meat. Mm. You can't gum the meat. You got to have teeth, man. You got to lock in. You got to start tearing off pieces and digesting them and swallowing them and letting them letting them, as Andy said, be nutrient to your body. You know, reach out to somebody. Reach out to one of us. We we're easy to find. You know, talk to somebody. Get back right, right now. Don't wait until Sunday. You don't have to wait until Sunday. That is the beauty of salvation or reconciliation. 
whether you're completely lost or you've just stumbled off the path because there's no special words, there's no secret handshake, there's no there's no prayer that you've got to look up in the Bible. It is a conversation between you and the Father mediated by the Son by the beckoning of the Holy Spirit. The Trinity is working on you. Do something about it. You don't have an excuse. Any reason that you can come up with to not have a relationship with Jesus is just that. It's an excuse. And excuses aren't going to cut it on the day of judgment. Because the book tells us every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, that the sheeps will be separated from the goats. One will be cast into the lake of fire and one will be placed into heaven with the shepherd. The question is, is do you want to be a goat or do you want to be a sheep? Do you want to be slaughtered or do you want to be led to safety? That, that, that's not up to me. That's not up to Andy. That's not up to your pastor. That's not up to your grandma and what she told you when you was five years old. That is a language that is between you and the Lord. Just don't be caught out alone. We were never meant to do this alone. Never, ever, ever meant to do this alone. We can take it all the way back to the Garden of Eden. If God had meant for man to be alone, he wouldn't have given us a helpmate in our wives. He wouldn't have done it. He would not have told the authors, the author of Hebrew to tell us not to forsake the assembly of the saints. We're not meant to do this alone. If you're not involved in a church body, get involved. You need them and they need you. It's not going to make you any more Christian. It's not going to get you any deeper into heaven, but it's going to strengthen you. It's going to make you to where you're to where you have the ability to withstand the attacks of the enemy. You'll find out if you get around a bunch of transparent people. Men stink at being transparent, but when you get around a group of transparent men that will open up to you and tell you, "Hey, look, I struggle with that same thing." There's freedom in that. When you get men that are willing to hold you accountable and have the tough conversations, yes, they suck. Those conversations are not pleasant, but there's freedom in that. There's freedom on the other side of it. And when you find that freedom, if you get a taste of that spiritual freedom where you can say that I know, that I know, that I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, if God calls me home on this night, if I take my next breath after I finish this sentence, I'm going to open my eyes and be with Jesus. There is peace that nobody can take from you. No situation that you're in can, can, can rob that from you. I'm going to share a little bit about Brother Clint. Um, his son, a couple of nights ago, had, uh, had a medical episode. He had a seizure. And, and Clint reached out to me, and I missed his phone call, but uh, I noticed my phone was flashing because I had it on silent, so I called him back. And he told me what was going on, and the peace that was in this man's voice was envious. And the reason that he was able to have that peace is not only because he knows that God's still in control of everything. His wife knows that God's still in control of everything. His oldest daughter knows that God's still in control of everything. The only thing that he asked me for was prayer. So... With that in mind, I'm going to remind you that when we tell people the least I can do is pray for you, you're putting God's authority, you're putting God's power, you're putting his greatness in a box. Mm. The best thing that we can do for anyone in any situation that they're in, good, bad, or indifferent, is to, is to pray for them. If it's a bad situation, of course we pray for them. If it's a good situation, of course we pray with them in praise. And if it's an indifferent situation, just thank God for the day. We've always got something to pray for. With that in mind, I'm going to pray for us right now. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for everything that you give us. I thank you for the ability that we have for the past couple of years now to come on this podcast, to share your word with, with, with people far and wide, close and near people that we know, people that we don't know. I thank you for our listeners. I pray that their hearts are open, that their their hearts be receptive to your word, that 
Father, again, they just they don't hear our voice. They they don't hear our voice. They hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. And Father, that that voice of the Holy Spirit just be just be deafening. Father, that that if you're working on them, that they can't sleep, they can't eat, they can't think, they can't concentrate. All they want to do is get right with you. Because getting right with you means turning your back, turning our backs on the world and what the world tells us to be and pursuing and embracing what you want us to be. Father, I pray for Andy. I pray for his family. Father, I thank you for the for the time that, that he takes away from them to, to, to work this ministry together. Father, I, I pray uh, for my family. Father, you know, I, I leave them at home once a week. Father, I thank you for their understanding and their encouragement of what we do here. I thank you for the fact that I have a wife that comes along beside and, and believes in what we do. Father, I thank you for the written word, the ability to just have the technology to not have an excuse not to have your word all around me at all times. Father, just the ability to look up things that I just I just know that are in your word, but I can't recall where they are. I don't have to spend an hour finding it. Father, I can just look it up at, at, at a touch. Father, your knowledge is abounding. Your children are ignoring it. Father, I think it's time that we stop ignoring how 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 your word is everywhere. It's in everything that we do. It is everything that we do. Father, your word tells us that there's nothing new under the sun. You knew all this was coming. Nothing surprises you. Father, I'm so thankful that you know all and you see all and you never sit on your throne not once and worry about what's going to happen. So, Father, I pray that same peace over each one of us. I pray that if there's someone here listening now or to one of our other podcasts or, Father, just in general, and your Holy Spirit's working on them, Father, again, I pray that they stop whatever they're doing and they come to know you right now. All these things we ask in your Son's holy name. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> All right, guys. So, um, remember, Survival Conference is coming up. Cultivate Men's coming up. Uh, mark your calendars for both of those, February 12th for Cultivate Men. And then uh, Survival Conference is February 24th. Sign up, register. Also, um, check out uh, the Piper Peach Gospel app. Yeah, we're going to be pipering and peaching tomorrow. And you can download this app on your app store or, or um, the Google Play store. Download it. It's free. Listen to the radio. Um, listen to the morning nugget and then surrendered. And then tomorrow from 12 to 2, that's what Luke and I will be doing. And then also uh, our buddies, the Calebs, the Calebs are going to release a new podcast on the 15th. I can't wait till and I they're see them. videoed. I can't wait to see it. Yeah, because I'm gonna I'm gonna make something up and tell one of them they got a zit. <clears throat> no, they uh they seem excited about it, so I'm pretty excited for them. So, um, but guys, uh, we say it every time. So we are um, evangelists. We're we're called to evangelism. We'd love to come speak to your men at your church. Um, if that's what you want to do, if you're looking to create a men's ministry or you feel like your men's ministry's in a lull. Um, I can what? hear you scratching on your. Oh, leg. I'm sorry. If you hear, if you feel, golly, you just messed me up. <laughs> if you feel um, that you're in a lull, if you feel like your church and your men's groups in a lull, man, we'd love to come sit down and try to maybe uh, encourage you, pray with you, um, and maybe try to develop a. Um, well, I can hear you chugging water. So um, it's about dry, man. I and we really want to just see if maybe we can develop a curriculum that that fits your church and just uh, help promote and and just encourage your men and 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 gain and grow some enthusiasm. But you know, like we said, you know, we don't care if we get one speaking event or fifty million; doesn't matter. We get to do it right here, so that's, that's fine right. with us. That's right. Um, also, you know, guys, if you are one of our listeners and you're one of our, you know, one of our prayer warriors for uh, just praying for us. Uh, pray for us and the three guys we have with the Paul and Timothy effect. Um, every week's going to have uh, warfare. Every week's going to have temptations. So pray for those guys, and then um, just keep praying for us. We are rocking and rolling, and we love it. So hey, You're not going to give out our email addresses? Oh, yeah. God, 
If you want to talk to Luke about chugging water too loud, that's Luke at thethriveministry.com. If you want to talk to Andy about scratching on himself over there like a dog with fleas, that's Andy at thethriveministry.com. That's absolutely correct. It was my knee I was scratching. So, um, But, guys, we, we definitely appreciate it. 2024 is going to be a fun, a great year, and we're super excited about it. Wait, wait. Oh, I no, got a question. I've already started. I got a question. Well, well, hold on. Oh, yeah. What? Do you think we're a big enough deal? We can tell Piper Peach we want like 400 green M&Ms in one bowl and 300 red in another? No. No. But you can do one thing. Do it now. Thrive on. <laughs>